Hey, hey, welcome to the Unchained Sex Cast. I'm Sierra Booker, sex and intimacy coach and sex enthusiast. I'm about to make your life a lot spicier. I help people find their truths and live their desires shame free. My goal is to break the generational and cultural shame around sexuality and sex, all while helping make your sexual experiences with yourself, partner, significant other in your life, everything that you desire. I am full of resources and I am extremely straight to the point. So if you are ready for the unsugar-coated talks, I'll be covering everything under the birds and the bees, aka sex. Welcome to the Unchained Sex Cast. Sex cast. I'm Sierra. For those of you who might not know me, I'm so excited because today we're talking about something that is near and dear to my soul because it is a part of who I am as a person and my sexuality. And this is actually a topic that has been requested uh, several times and definitely in some of my surveys and things that I send out. This has definitely been a heavier topic. Today we're going to put the D and the S into BDSM. So for those of you who don't know, you might get a little bit of a vocabulary lesson today. You never know really what you're going to get with me, but definitely authentically raw me. We're going to get down and dirty with the birds and the bees. And in this case today, it's going to be BDSM. So dominant is the D and BDSM. And today we're going to talk more about femdoms, which is a feminine presented dominant and in a dom or in a sub BDSM relationship, specifically female dominance. And this is like, obviously, you know, this is my core because I am a very strong female dominant only like in life, in my sexuality, um, all around. I've always been a very dominant person. I've, you know, the number one thing I feel like that whenever people meet me, they're like, Sierra, you intimidated me so hardcore. And I'm like, how did I intimidate you? I don't understand. Like something I've been like so unable to like comprehend. I know that about myself and I know that I am assertive and I just maintain that dominance and it is super healthy and it is super fun to exercise in your sexuality as well. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that today. The S in BDSM stands for submissive or submission. So whenever you have a dominant, that is a consenting partner who is going to maintain the control of whatever scene, whatever play, whatever relationship is going on. You know, sometimes this is a 24-7 lifestyle that people live as a dominant and a submissive, but a dominant is the person in who is consensually in control of the other person or essentially making the decision. The submissive is someone who consensually submits to their partner and there's several different types of submissives and motives for submission. So if you're just like, I honestly, I could never understand why someone could be submissive to another person. <laughs> I mean, I definitely thought that way for a long time because I've been so dominant 
And there's honestly, this, this could honestly go so fucking deep. I could probably go on and on on this podcast. So we'll see how long I end up recording. I might just keep going and split this into two because there's, this is such a rich topic when you dive into it a little bit more. BDSM though has had a stigma from day one. I'm here to educate on it, to make sure that people know exactly what it is and to take the fear out of it. You know, most people are scared of it because they don't know what it actually is. So I'm here to tell you what the D and the S are today. First and foremost, you know, a dominant doesn't mean that someone is forcing someone else to do the other thing. In a dominant submissive relationship, there is consensual agreements set forth beforehand. And whether that relationship, that could be a relationship, that could be a partner scene, that could be, you know, at a play club, whatever that looks like. It is pre-negotiated consensually and it is based on high levels of consent. This is like a massively misconstrued interpretation of the meaning of dom and doming. And so just know that all activities in a BDSM scene are predetermined and all consented to beforehand. So we're going to dive into safety for a little bit because like I said, without the pillar of building that safe space, BDSM... Anything in the BDSM world, it's it's built on safety and creating a safe environment, a safe container. And, you know, that's one of the biggest things that people think, oh, you're kink, you know, you're into pain, you're into, oh, you know, people immediately think things that they've only heard. And so that's what's so awesome about sex coaches and this up and coming generation of being more sexually woke because we are able to create... And we're taking the fear out of words. You know, we're always going to be scared of something that we don't know. What's awesome about us sex coaches and this being such a movement, you know, into the sexual health world, there's more sexologists, there's more sex therapists, there's more sex coaches. There's so many more resources out there becoming available. And it's awesome to see because we're helping take the fear out of the unknown out of the things that people have never been educated on. You know, some of the things that we're going to, you've heard me talk about, you guys have heard me talk about conscious kink and what that looks like being more aware of actually how to form safe relationships and safe partnerships and safe intimate moments. And so safety is number one key. So first and foremost, what it would kind of look like, you know, pre predetermining what a dominant submissive relationship scene etc would look like it's going to look a little different for everyone but some examples of things that might be discussed beforehand would be safe words right off the bat your safe words are usually the first thing that are predetermined safe words are really important they can change depending on what your style is a lot of people like to use like a red yellow green light type of safe word to be like red would be cease and stop everything yellow is more of like a I'm reaching my limits please you know slow down and using those using like a color system or safe words like that really helps you know stay in the moment too whenever you're in scenes or you're in those intimate moments it's not awkward like oh please stop like you can just be like 
yellow <laughs> or you know whatever your code words are so safe words are really important those are definitely going to be discussed beforehand consent of course and what I mean by consent is very descriptive consent you know most of the time in a BDSM circumstance or scene people have very specific things that they see played out. So if there is, say, a fantasy in a BDSM scene that involved being restrained and having anal sex, we would be talking about consent specifically over restraining. So breaking it down to, are you okay with me restraining your wrists? Great. Are you okay with me restraining your legs? Yes. Okay, great. Are you okay with me restraining both your arms and your legs at the same time? You're going to break consent down much, much more further. And if you're thinking, it sounds so logistical, like why does it just sound like, you know, you're making sex so logistical? I'm just giving you guys the cut and dry, like straight to the fucking point, the facts. <laughs> I'm just giving it to you straight. Those are just the small things. And looking at a bird's eye view of things, but whenever you're really starting to build and add these things in, you know, do a little bit at a time. Don't feel like, oh, we have to switch this whole lifestyle. No, like add a few things in. Like start by having one conversation about consent with your partner. There is a consent activity that I like to give some of my one-on-one -on -one coaching clients. There's an activity that I like to give them and it's the touch consent game and it practices using consent and touch in your partnership and in intimate moments. And honestly, you can even use this to establish safe touch between your children. In a more intimate moment, of course, close off, but consent is so important and it's important that you practice it and practice it in daily life. But also whenever it comes to dominant and submissive scenes, you have to have consent and consent over every single thing. Sometimes at, um, like say, if you were to ever go to a play party, there's always going to be a consent room. So most people, you know, I still have people who are like, sex parties are a real thing. Yes, so there's so many different types out there. Sex parties, play parties, you know, all of them can be to different degrees, but usually no matter what, there is one room for negotiating and consent. So before you even go further into the party or whatever it is that you're there to see, before you even go further, there's going to be a room where consent and negotiating is established. Another thing when it comes to safety, and let's talk a little bit about more feminine dominance because I think that's really important and of course that's what you came for. A big thing, and I think this is why females can make such strong doms, is because we are so empathetic and we are so good at feeling and reading, reading people, reading nonverbal communication, and feeling how people are feeling. You know, I feel like I didn't, I never knew, I thought there was something wrong with me for a really long time because I'm like, man, why do I feel so strongly when someone, why do I feel so strongly when someone tells me a really moving story or a deep, you know, a sad story or whatever. And whenever I started to just tap back into my intuition and really like who I am, I realized it's just because I hold such deep empathy for everyone. And so being a, f a female dom, I feel like in a way, I feel like you know a lot of females hold tremendous amount of empathy. Part of being safe and establishing that safe container for a safe and explorative 
erotic BDSM scene is holding empathy, but also being able to read that nonverbal communication. So knowing when your partner's at their limits, knowing whenever your partner is ready to switch or move to something else, reading that nonverbal communication, you know, women, I feel like we just know, we know, you know, if your partners ever come home and they're like, what's wrong with you? And you're like, nothing. And then they like keep asking you, it's because we fucking know. We know before you probably even know that something's wrong. Women are fucking wizards. Like I'm telling you, like we hold so much empathy and we can read people so well. And when you start to really tap into that and tap into your intuition, it's amazing to see where, how much you, you really start to notice, you know, all the things that you've been seeing, but you haven't really been noticing them. The emotional responsibility of a dom is holding space for their partners. You know, a lot of people don't really think about that, but as a dominant, you're the one that is in control in a BDSM scene. You know, you're the one that is gaining that control. And sometimes you might have all of the fucking control, like all of it. <laughs> so making sure that you you're holding a lot of emotional responsibility for your partners and your submissives. And sometimes in scenes, you might have more than one submissive. So the more people you add, the more responsibility you're gonna add. I don't really recommend you to just jump right into BDSM. If you're interested in it, go slow, learn more about it, become more conscious kink, just become more aware with how things flow and establishing safety because that's number one thing is being safe and providing that safe space for partners. You know, the other day I was listening to something and it reminded me about how on Abram Maslow's hierarchy of needs, the number one thing is safety. And in sex, that is the number one important thing. It was such a good reminder. I'm like, of course, everything I hear, I relate to sex how often. That's my life. <laughs> but I'm like, that's so, that's so important though. That's so true. You know, thinking back to safety being the number one thing that humans need and in sex it is the number one thing that we need to make sure that we're going to have a good experience and so people who aren't established in that safe environment it's not going to be a good experience and being in a dominant submissive role is definitely you have to prime for safety so again a dominant is not about punishing you for misbehaving and i think going into a little bit more of the healing side of bdsm and a lot of people don't know that a lot most people in the bdsm community use that as a way of healing and not everyone does it's also a good amount of pleasure as well but doms are not about punishing you for misbehaving but more about establishing a deeper bond and if you're like i don't really ha know how how does this how can you establish a deeper bond? How can you establish a deeper bond through sex, you say? Sex is a sacred energy exchange, so you can absolutely establish a deeper bond and build trust through this. And so it's not about you getting punished for misbehaving, but really building that bond uh, with trust and consent and to go to places you've never really allowed yourself to visit and maybe touch your body in places that you've ignored and from doing this, you can really start to heal from within. So finding trust and safety again within the body, this is a huge part of BDSM. And one example is gonna be like Shibari for our rope bunnies. I have several coaching friends, several clients who've used rope tying or Shibari 
a little bit more into it. Even just restraining as a way to find safety and trust within the body, you know, healing from traumas. This is like the best way that I can explain it. Part of me, because I'm more of a dominant, so I've not experienced a lot in the submissive side, but from some of my clients and hearing some of their stories, this is the best way that I can explain how it can establish that trust and safety. So using ropes or using restraints or using, you know, ties and things like that, it forces you to really shut off your external environment and go inside. And so this experience for someone who, uh, for our rope bunnies, for our people who like being restrained, a lot of it is more of the psychological going within. And so when you're, you're in a safe environment and you're with a safe partner and they're tying you and you have that safety, it makes you go back within yourself and reestablish, I am safe. I am safe here. I have a partner who I'm safe with. And it really helps to really heal that connection. It also exercises boundaries and limits. So again, being in that space with a partner, you're pushing your boundaries and limits in a place of safety. So every time, you know, are you going to feel better after one time? Are you going to feel healed? Like, whoo, it's a revival. You've been healed. No, you're it's a place of growth though. And so you're going to be constantly exercising boundaries and limits within safety and consent. And so using BDSM to heal is actually more common than you think. And it's always, this is the area that I feel like a lot of people don't know about. So I definitely want to talk more about it. But I also want to talk about using BDSM to explore fantasies, scenes, kinks, and role play. So first off, there is tons of different levels of BDSM out there and different types of ways to explore fantasies and scenes. So I just kind of want to break down what I feel like the top core pillars are. I feel like this is such a deep subject and I know a lot of my listeners are really new to this stuff so I don't want it to seem really overwhelming. So I struggle sometimes with like I'll just give it all to you because I'm just like here it all is and so I do want to go a little bit slower. This episode got juicy really fucking quick, so I wanted to make sure that I gave you the full experience, so I clipped this into two parts. So as soon as you hit pause on this episode, I need you to go to the Unchained Sex Cast and click rate and review. If you could drop a rate and review, it would mean so much to me. This helps us to organically grow and I know that you love this podcast. If you're listening to this, probably reached out and told how much this podcast has meant to you. And I want to, to be able to share that. And maybe you can't share me on your Facebook or share me on your Instagram because you know, you have family and you just don't really want to do that. And that's okay. I understand that. But if you could rate and review this show, it would mean so much to me. And it would also help us to make sure that my podcast gets put higher up on the rankings and higher up on the search feed. So if you could just take a second to do that, I would super appreciate it. I have a little goal of getting 20 more reviews on our platform. So if I can hit that goal by tomorrow, then I will release this episode part two super early. Otherwise, you can catch part two next week. So we'll see how generous I'm feeling. I don't know. Anyways, I super appreciate your support. I really hope you love this juicy ass topic. Part two coming at you soon. And it's going to be featuring all about different types of submission and motives for submission as well. So I really rounded out this episode and made it and gave it my all. So I hope you enjoy.